falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus was the best thing I'd ever, ever done. Amen. Isn't that the best thing that ever happened in your life? Oh, to think that you have a relationship with the Creator, the Savior. He walks with you and He talks with you. And you're in love with Him. And I don't know why, but He's in love with us. Oh, who can match the love of God? God bless you. Good to be in the service tonight. Nice to see a little more full compliment than we had on Sunday. God bless you all for enduring the little bit of cold weather. And uh, we're happy to be in the house of the Lord. We just want to move on with God today. Oh, by the way, I, I think that's Elias. Is that right? There we go. Paige, is that your name? Brother Elias and Sister Ariana just got married a, a few weeks ago. And they were in Phoenix. And I saw pictures of their wedding. And uh, I'll tell you what, it looked a little different than it looks out here. But uh, God bless you. And nice to have you here. They're going to be here. I think you're doing some schooling or something. And good to have you in service tonight. God bless you. Also, um, Brother Joe Perizok isn't here, but today is his birthday. I think it's number 78 or something like that. It doesn't matter once you hit 75. It's all together, right? God bless you, Brother Joe, where you are. Sister Maria, we appreciate you. Uh, amen. So we want to say welcome, all of you. And I just wanted to make a quick announcement. We sent an email out. Some of you didn't get it. If you didn't, can you please check? We may have got an email or two wrong. We're trying to do the mass email and trying to do the best we can with that. So any rate, if you can do that, if you didn't get an email, please let us know and we can just check and confirm. Also this uh, next Sunday, we have Brother Doug Baker with us from, from Arizona. So a lot of the people from Arizona just love what January offers here. And so that's why they're all moving this way and coming here, and there's something happening, so we know it's, it's going to be good. How many love the Lord tonight? Yeah. Amen. Let's just, uh, do you have a, if you have a, something on your heart and that God wants, and you just want to remember, be remembered, you want to just raise your hand in prayer. If there's somebody that you know, let's just bow our heads in a word of prayer this evening. Let's just go to the Lord for the service tonight. Heavenly Father, we're here tonight want to thank you for the gathering, for everyone that's come out. We want to thank you for your Holy Spirit, Lord, that moves us, that lives within us, that, that breathes and, and lives and takes us. And we're asking now, Lord, that you'll take us into your hands. Lord, we, we all represent. We have needs in our body. And Lord, we know that if this need is there, that there was a Savior, there was a Comforter, there was a Healer, there was a Counselor, there was one that would meet that need. So we're inviting you, Lord, minister to us tonight. Father, maybe there's somebody on our hearts. Maybe we lift our hands for someone else. We remember them, Lord, as it's already been prayed. But now, as we're gathered in, take this service into your hands. We invite you, we commit ourselves to you. And ask, Lord, your blessing be upon us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's go directly to the Word tonight. Isaiah chapter 9. 
I'm going to follow through with the thought we, well, not follow through completely, but just go in the line of the thought we took a couple of Wednesdays ago where we took on the rise of the governor, and I'd like to speak tonight on the establishment of the governor. And we'll just take Isaiah 9. These are the words that that we want to take. Just take two verses there in verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. We won't go so much in that tonight, but, but that was a prophecy. It wasn't just going to be a child forever, but the government was going to be on his shoulder. And his name would be called Wonderful. He's to be also a counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And it would say in verse 7, of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Oh, I love that scripture, that portion. Whatever God started, it's going to keep going. You can't stop it. It's going to take us into eternity. And the prophet would say, it'll take eternity to unveil him, to reveal him. Oh, I, I, I love that. This is wonderful. The message is wonderful. But how much greater will it be over there? And it said, the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom, now notice these words, to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Amen. God bless you. You may have your seats. We read last time, and I'll just refer to it. Micah chapter 5, verse 2, there was a prophecy there, but thou, Bethlehem, Ephratah, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall come forth unto me, that is to be a ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from of old and from everlasting. And then when we took this, we, the, they came together these words in the book of Matthew chapter 2, and it was at the time, we, we read this seasonally at the Christmas time, when Herod heard from the wise men that there was born a king of the Jews, and they've come to worship him, and he gathered everybody together, and he demanded of them, where is this king of the Jews? And uh, in, in verse 5, they said unto him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not thou the least among the princes of Judah? For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. So I want to take that thought, and, and as we just rehearse a couple of things, a governor is a ruler who has an authority, who governs over a people, governs by his actions, by his policy, and he acts generally on behalf of a magistrate over a state, a country, or an organization. Joseph was appointed a governor over Egypt. It was for a period of time until there was a pharaoh that knew not Joseph. Um, Obadiah was appointed a governor under King Ahab. Daniel was appointed a governor in, Dan in, in, in Babylon. And then there was Zerubbabel who was appointed a governor 
on the coming back or the restoration of Israel. They sat there for a season. And, and I'll maybe go into it a little bit but the, as, we, as we go in. So let me just lead into it. So um, in the scriptures that we read, there's a promises of an increase of the government and that it would be established. And to establish means to set up. It means to put firmly in place, to make it permanent, to achieve acceptance. When something is established, it's well known. Um, it's got a proven track record. It's, it's, it's trusted. And, and that can be the Word of God. That can be a person. That can be... And it generally takes time to establish something. So the one thing we notice about the prophet, and I, and I will just go right into this, those of you that follow the message, the prophet, particularly in the latter part, and you find, I always am amazed at how, and, and we took this a little bit on Sunday, how the, that the men of God, before they passed off, the words that they imparted, the things they left to the people, what Moses left the children of Israel in the book of Deuteronomy was, was going to be something that was ordered of God to help them and establish them as they move forward. So was it with the prophet. He would, as you follow the messages, he would come in the latter part, he would take each message and he'd say, we have not gathered here haphazardly. And I'd say tonight, we're not here haphazardly just to show up and check in and see what's new. No, I, I want to move forward. I, I want to move in the, in the walk and the things of God. So we're not here haphazardly. And he would say, so I want to speak. And, and if you'll notice the messages that he spoke, it was concise. It was ordered of God. It was God establishing the word that you and I would need for the day and the time that we live in. So it was God that was doing this. He was directing these things, and he was moving on behalf of them. Now, I want to just read this, and, and, and if I can, and, and if I would start this way, out of the message, Satan's Eden, and, and this is in 1965, and this will go along with these thoughts. And he'll say, now, I want to speak to you something to bring something to enlighten you, the promise of God for this day or this age. See, something, not that was in another day, but something. Now, these things are all right. We refer to these things. But I want to bring something to your mind with the scriptures I've written down that would enlighten you, would make you a better soldier in the field that you're fighting in now. So when he says that, I, I take heed. I say, okay, I, I, this, is, this is now directed to the bride. And he would say, uh, by the grace of God, I believe I'm directing the bride of Jesus Christ. I, I say, thank God for that. And God, bring that word to me that I might take heed and, and receive instruction. And he say, now something that will make you a better soldier in the field to learn the tactics of the enemy so you can block everything before it gets to you. That's the main thing. Keep the punches off of you. That's what we've been talking about. 
We're not here just to let the devil have his free course. No, we're here with a mission, with a purpose, and we need to move forward even in a time of confusion. So as much as you can. And, and then we took this on, on Sunday, a man running from the present. Those that don't have the baptism, may they receive it. May all the great mysteries we're supposed to know, Lord, be unveiled to us. Let us see the plainness of God that we will know how to behave ourselves and to act, correcting ourselves and bringing the members of our body into the discipline of the Word, that we might know how to live in this present day at the approaching of the Lord Jesus. We are not an immature people anymore. We are moving into maturity Young people are moving into maturity. Elders are moving into maturity. The ministry is moving into maturity. We are not, Jesus is not coming for a baby bride. He's coming for a bride that is seasoned, that is ready to receive him, that is welcoming him, that is making preparations. How many say amen to that tonight? And he'll also go on to say, and Paul, a prisoner, forgive us of our sin. Chasten us, Lord. Oh, man, none of us wants this. But with thy spirit and thy word, that we might discipline ourselves to be obedient servants to the will of God. You know what? You, if you are born again, and you're born not of just the baptismal tank, but of the spirit of God, and then remember, there's stages to this. God has to first give us a nature, a, a spirit, Ezekiel chapter 36, that, that will get along with him, and then we receive his spirit, and when we receive his spirit, it is now putting us into a place where we need to still be, have our character molded, chastened, that we can be eventually put in service. Now, that, that's not what I'm speaking so much on tonight, but... That you might, you know, you might think, well, I'm baptized, I'm going to heaven, hallelujah. I'll tell you what, that shows you really haven't got it. Because if you're born of the word of the age, you will be busy about the Father's business. And that's where we want to be. And I'll say, we need to keep moving. We cannot stand still. If we stand still, we regress. We have to be moving forward. And when you're moving forward, that's when God backs you up. That's when he comes behind you. He honors your word. So now he's, he's saying, and, and, and he's just saying, now remember, let me, let me just move how those early Christians were, how their lives must have been the living word of God, written epistles of all men. May our lives be so submitted to thee that the Holy Spirit will live through us and speak through us, Lord. May we remember in our minds as we walk down the street and rub arms with the world, we're not supposed to be like those. May we step aside and give them the place in their rightful position here on earth. We'll take the back seat knowing that we are delegates from another world. We will have a kingdom that's coming into power. Our great king will soon arrive and take over the kingdoms that's in his domain. And he shall rule and reign. Him here on earth a thousand years and we with him forever. Oh, that's what I'm looking forward to. Hey, a lot of people take off and take winter vacations to some warm place. And that's a good thing. 
I, I'm 100% behind that. But I'm not looking just to book a flight temporarily. I want to prepare for the great flight that is coming. Now, so I, I, as I speak on this, this governor or this governance, and I'm, I'm really looking to take it to our temple. Remember, you're, if you're born of, of, of the Spirit of God, and I maybe didn't finish my thought, but if you're born and baptized with the Spirit, you are, in your soul, you cannot be lost. However, you are not yet redeemed in your flesh and in your spirit. So the Holy Ghost that you've been given, don't, don't just look for the Holy Ghost that you won't have to lust anymore, that you won't have any trouble with your flesh. You're going to have plenty of battles. The enemy's going to get into your flesh. He's going to get into your mind realm. He's going to get into your spirit. But we can take dominion over that by the word and by the governor that's been appointed for us in this day. And that's the one we need to learn to. That's where discipline comes in. That's where adherence to the word. That's where humility comes in. That's where saying, Lord, it's not my will, but your will, Lord. And as we rest in that, and it's a rest, whatever you have, I was reading from Shalom and I shared it with the brothers, whatever you have this new year, Lord, maybe it means, maybe it's my end, Shalom. Maybe if I can't be lost. Maybe, maybe it means something this or that. Shalom. He's with us. His peace, his government is with us. So Satan is continually trying to upset you in your spirit realm, even in your flesh. There's gates that he works through, but he'll try to bring worry and anxiety and fear, and he'll try to bring pressure. He, listen, he can't touch your soul. He can't touch it, but he will try to block the channel or the, the vessel around which your soul is, which is your spirit realm. When Brother Branham came, he would often contact people through their spirit realm. And that's what we need to recognize. We are spirit beings, and we need to bring them under subjection. Now, it's not, we're bringing not just to ourselves, and none of this I I, I'm bigger and I'm better and I got this and Tony Robbins school of positive thinking. No, that's not what we're talking about. That's, that's just psychology. There's a real governor. There's a real Holy Ghost. He's with you when you wake up in the morning. He'll, he'll, you'll, you'll find yourself submitting and dropping to your knees to pray to him. I tell you what, that's a good place to be established in. And I, I say sometimes we've gotten away from that. But let's, let's, let's develop good habits. Let's develop places that allow your spirit to be clean. Not that you have to be continually washed, but, but in, and, and you know, you'll know how the enemy affects us. We're all built differently. Some of us are high passion. Well, you've got to guard that spot. And then and, and others have temper or, or whatever it is, and you know something can set you off. You just need to watch that. You need to keep that place protected. But that's what the Holy Ghost is for. Statue of a perfect man. There are natural attributes, but there is a spiritual part. God adds to every one of these. Now, let's just keep moving along here. So remember, he's looking to make you upset. He'll bring that even into the church realm. He'll bring that into your service with God. 
He'll, he'll, he'll do like we ministered on, on Sunday. He'll come to you like he did to Eve, the same temptation. Oh, if you get this, you will be like gods. They were already gods. Listen, you need to be mind, mind one voice. Hear one voice. And if you find yourself making decisions because you're upset or nervous, that's not God that's doing that. That's the enemy that's trying to do that. And I say, come back to where God is. Listen, I, I got a couple of scriptures. Isaiah 30. Isaiah 30, verse 15. Thus saith the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest shall you be saved. In quietness and in confidence shall be your strength. Where do you get that? By picking up the Bible and reading and letting him speak to you off the pages. By plugging in a tape, by being in service, by, by being in a prayer life. What is it? You're bringing your vessel into a subjection to the governor. And so he will do that. Now, the enemy will come and try to take all those things. Second Timothy, Second Timothy 1 verse 7. But God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Friends, I, I'm, I'm just going to say it like Brother Branham said. There's plenty of things that are flying around. And he says, and there will be more to come. And I'll say, we need to know where we're standing. I say this not to make you fear or anything, but I say there is a place that's available to every believer. It's available to the housewife. It's available to the deacon, to the minister. It's available to the teenager. It's available to every one of us, heads of homes, we can have a confidence. We know who's with us. Now, let's, let's move this a little bit. Um, when Jesus made... Uh, let me just take this for a moment. We believe that Hebrews 13.8, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever... Now, that's, that's a great scripture. And we believe it's the theme of the message. And we attribute it to that. But I often look at a scripture and I say, what is God saying to us in the context of where we're at? So how many knows the verses before or after? Okay, now this is a skill testing question. You're all, you're all doing it. Let's go to verse 9. Jesus Christ, Why? Be not carried about with diverse and strange doctrines. Keep your heart settled. Stay in the message. Stay what God has purposed. Go back to verse 6. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man will do unto me. Verse 7. Remember them that have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow Considering the end of your conversation, and you jump to verse 8, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today. So the same Jesus that walked on the earth, that walked with the prophet, it's not just limited, but it comes right to our level. It comes to where we're at today. He is the same. He walks with us. He talks with us. That's the Christ that we're following. I believe we need to put him and take him at his word and say, Lord, if you were here in the flesh, what would you do? And now, Lord, give me the same faith that I can have it in this day that I live in. I need that faith. Now, 
Let's go to John chapter 14. We'll just try to move along quickly. John chapter 14. Now, this is obviously John chapter 14 follows John chapter 13. But John chapter 13 is where the disciples had foot washing and they had communions where Judas was made manifest and Jesus told him to go out. Now Judas is gone, and in John 14, these are intimate words Jesus is speaking with his disciples. So he would say to them, and he's, he's coming to the cross, but now he's ministering to them of where he's going. John 14, verse 16, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Now, he's, just listen to these words, comforter. It's actually written in four separate passages in these next few chapters. And I will pray the Father, he'll give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the spirit of truth. So what the world around us looks for today in the Holy Spirit as they refer to it. They don't like to call it the Holy Ghost sometimes. But they're looking for a feeling. They're looking for something. On, it's all based on how I feel. It makes me feel good. Listen to Oprah Winfrey who claims to be a Christian. He says, she says, if it feels good, I know it's God and I do it. Wow. How'd you like to follow that religion? I'll tell you what, it doesn't feel good a lot of times. But it, I, I want to be led by something more real than my own feelings. So it is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not, neither knows him, but you know him. Why? He says, for he dwells in you and shall be in you. And then he says in verse 18, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Now, now think about this. This is now not the baby Jesus that was the governor that was going to have a government. But now he's in flesh. He's walking with his disciples. How it must have been great to walk with him. How their confidence must have been when they could just come and there was a maniac and they could just say, well, he's with us. And how could they, they could just come and, and they could look at all of these things and, oh, there's somebody who's dead. Well, they, they didn't last long. He's with us. But it was nice, but you had to rely on a physical part. And you had to say, okay, you know, that's, that, I, 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 let me stay close to him. Let me walk close to him. And, and, and it, it had its limitations, if I can say it. Because he was one vessel. And one vessel will only go so far. But if this kingdom was going to increase, and now let me bring it, bring it to you in a thought this way. Likewise, so was it with the prophet in this last day. You know, and, and we can live in the past, and oh, if Brother Branham was here, and, but he didn't leave us. The kingdom is still going on. He left us a word that is not just located in Jeffersonville, but it goes around the world, and, and that's the increase of the kingdom. Now here he's telling his disciples and no doubt it seemed like a setback that he was going to leave them. No doubt it seemed like, 
oh man, like now we can't, can't be with you anymore. So he would say in verse 19, yet a little while and the world sees me no more, but you see me because I live, you shall live. At that day, you shall know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. Now, there's a fullness to this scripture that I believe is only being realized in this last day. Why? He has full authority. He's sitting at the Father's right hand. He has full authority. I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Now where is that putting us? It's moving us to something, friends. Let's just drop down to verse 25. These things have I spoken with you, yet being present, but the Comforter, Now he's again using the word, the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things. In other words, I have many things to say, but you can't bear them yet. And he says, he will teach you all things, and he will bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said to you. Now, you have to remember in that day, they didn't have a written word. They didn't have the Bible. They didn't have the scrolls that we can hold. Matthew was a scribe that was following him, that was writing accounts. He was taking it. Mark was taking a certain account. John would also take account, and he would write that later. But they didn't have that at their disposal while he was there. And even Luke, Luke's gospel was written after the fact. Luke was the physician, and Luke actually took interviews with people that had been around, and he, and he, and he began to share all of those in the book of Luke from a personal man anointing point of view. So now he's, he's saying, now the Holy Ghost is going to bring these things to your remembrance. Now I, I believe it's good even for us in this day with the written word and with the message because there is no way you can memorize it naturally. And if you do memorize it naturally, you're going to get old and forget things. Yes, that's true. I'm speaking a little bit now because it doesn't, the instant recall isn't there anymore. But I'm thankful there's a Holy Ghost, there's a remembrance that's anointed of God that when you need it, he'll give you the word that you need. Thank God for that. Now he says, peace I leave to you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives. Let your heart not, and I give unto you, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You've heard how I said unto you, I go away and come again. If you loved me, you would rejoice. Oh my goodness. Why didn't I live when Brother Branham was here? You're living in a greater time. Can I just share something with you? I've shared this before. This is Brother Branham speaking. And again, this is a a New Year's thought. In 1961, Revelations chapter 4, he says, friends, now he says, now he's doing the same thing today coming right on down. Now don't forget this. God has promised great shakings Great, mighty works. Now write this on your notes that you're writing. What man calls mighty and great, God calls foolish. What what man calls foolish, God calls great. Now don't forget that. Don't forget it. That will help you along in the years to come. Because we're looking for something greater all the time, and we're receiving greater all the time, but the people of the world don't know it. Friends, we are living in the greatest hour. The Word is opening like it has never opened before. 
It is God revealing himself. It is God whispering his love secrets to us. I trust that you can fellowship with me on that. It is glorious. The message means more to me today than it ever did before. Now let's just jump to John chapter 15, verse 26. This is Jesus again. He's, he's setting this forth to them. He's, and just understand where they're at. Let me say this if I can. Well, let me, let me get to it. I'll come to it. Fifth, John 15, verse 26. But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me, and you shall bear witness, because you have been with me in the beginning. John 16, verse 6. But because I said these things unto you, sorrow has filled your heart. Now the natural tendency of us as human beings is to hang on to something tangible, something we can see, something we can feel, if it's, if it's an influence in your life, and God will put them there. But I will say, don't ever get your eyes on them. Don't hang on them too much. Make sure you always see the Christ behind that. I've, I've gone through some learning. There, there's a brother that God used. It was very influential to me in the ministry and, and in my walk with God. And, and, he, and Brother Harold announced, oh, he's coming to minister to us this weekend. And I thought, oh, this is wonderful. This is going to be great. Oh, man, God's going to... And it's late, it seemed like everything he spoke just went over my head. And I checked myself and I realized I was looking at that man. And I was not looking at God. And God will share his glory with no man. So be careful who you put there. Always see Christ. Don't rely. Don't just hang on to something. Always see Christ in one another. Now that means don't lift up, but don't demean either. Don't put somebody down. You don't know what's behind them. Listen, let's, let's see. I, I'm, I'm, more of a, I, I'm more of a glass half full guy. I was sharing this with a brother the other day in the middle of our cold snap. And he says, must be frozen. I said, it is, yeah. More of a glass half full, it's frozen. But nonetheless, still, I'm still that way. Now, listen to what he says here. Verse 7, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient. In other words, it's necessary that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Now, now, the Trinitarians love to put this, you know, as, as these three beings, and this one comes, and that one comes. No, this is the same being, the same creator that lived in flesh. Now he's going to send up on high, but he's going to enter into a different office, and he's going to come down, and he's going to come into a greater relationship and governance with you. And he says, I'll send him to you, and when he comes, he will reprove the world of sin, and of righteousness, and of judgment. What, what is that feeling you get when, when something grieves you? Where did that come from? That's the Holy Ghost in you. What is it when, it when that happens? Listen, that isn't you. That is God in you. And what is it that attracts you when something, something is real and genuine? It may not look flashy, but, it, but there's something solid and stabilizing. That's the Holy Ghost in you. That's the promise that's been given here. And he says, now, 
of sin because they believe me not, of righteousness because I go to my Father, you sin, you see me no more, of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. Now listen, I love this part, verse 12. I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. Oh, I love that. You know what? Even the prophet when he was here, and, and, and he was speaking, and he's saying, and, he, and, and you know the testimony, Billy Paul, where he says, did you understand that? Uh, yes, I did, Daddy. Uh, did you understand that? I guess I didn't. He says, don't worry, Billy. He says, there's maybe on my, on my hand I can count five that caught it. But then he would say, it's not the time yet. It's not the season yet. And I will say there are parts of this message that, that are coming into fruition as the world conditions change and there's a faith that's being released out of it and I say stay in that channel because God will operate in that channel. I believe that there are things. He says now, he says you cannot bear them now. Howbeit, when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that ye shall speak, and he will show you things to come. Furthermore, he will glorify me. I love that. If you ever start to get a little too caught up, remember, the glory belongs to Christ. If you're used of God, don't get too lifted up. The glory belongs to Christ. If you're, if, you're, if you're being used of God, you're being put down, yeah, he'll lift you up. You're part of him. But remember, that'll, that'll help us in the days. Now, this word comforter, as we've read it here a number of places, in the Greek, that word is the parakletos, which means an advocate. In other words, it is one who is summoned or called to one's aid. A helper, a guide, an assistant. He's here to give divine strength. He's here to lead you into a deeper knowledge. So the Holy Ghost that you have, that you might just view as, oh, I don't see no difference. I'll tell you what, it's a huge difference. You want to walk on with God, you seek God for the Holy Ghost like never before. I'll tell you what, you're going to need it moving forward. Don't think I'm just going to move along with the crowd or the herd and it's going to be good enough. I'll just watch what the, the other people in the church are doing. I'll watch in case California sinks. No, there is a, there's a deeper resonating something inside. It was inside of Mary before she even, you know, before she even knew she, she, she's having a child. It was resonating within her. It was greater than her. It was greater than Caesar's tax law because God was fulfilling scripture in the middle of it all. Don't, don't get too upset with the government. That's all going to work in harmony. God's going to take it all the way he's going to do it. So there's something greater. Now this, this comforter, this parakletos, he's also an intercessor. In other words, God knew you were going to be in your human flesh. He knew you were going to battle things. He, 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 listen, he knows our humanity. Friends, I, the song, I am amazed that you love me. See, we measure ourselves by our humanity sometimes. We measure ourselves by, well, I, I know my faults, my weaknesses. After how many times have you gone along and you don't have to raise your hands if you want, but walking in the message and then also you stumble flat on your face and you feel like that tall. Yeah, I'll raise my hand because I felt like that. But I'll say that's where you have a comforter Listen, God knows you can't live this message yourself. You're going to need someone who's going to pick you up. Yeah. 
He's going to strengthen you. As Job said, I, if I can find my way to his throne, I know his words. They will strengthen me. They will put something in me. That's what I'm looking for. I, I like to surround myself with people that, that are positive, that put good things in me. And actually even people that will rebuke me sometimes. Because I need that too. We all need that. Don't all of you look at your husband or your wife now. Okay, just, just saying that. But at any rate, they're your aid. They're your helper. <laughs> Let's just move along quickly now. An intercessor, Romans 8. Let's just go quickly here. Romans 8. Here is Paul speaking. And in verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. Okay, now you get down in prayer and you think, oh, the day's okay. And, but the Holy Spirit's impressing you. Something's heavy on your heart. And you don't know why this person's on your heart or why this situation's on your heart. You don't even know, but God knows. And that one is coming in you. And he's beginning to work on you. I say, if you can learn to yield to that, there's great power in that. He says, for we know not to pray as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. Oh, it just becomes heavy sometimes. And we don't know why, but I'll say this. It's like Brother Branham did when he came down from the mountain and, and, and he was coming in Colorado. He was coming down and the snow was coming and the voice said, go back up. He said, into that snowstorm? Yeah, go back up. And his, these are his words. I learned to trust that voice. Oh, I love that. I, 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 I believe the trials we go through, God is taking us through them so that we learn to trust him. That uh, you know, you, you hear the saying quite often, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll somebody will say, I got this. <laughs> kind of almost boastful. No, none of us got it. He's got it. No, I, I don't got this. He's got me. And that's all I need. And I, I want to be trusting. I want to be walking with that one. He's got this. So, so the prophet, he, he learned to trust that voice. So he says now in verse 27, and not, not only does he make intercessions within you, but he also knows the big picture. And the big picture is, he says, and he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. He knows better. Sometimes, you know, we pray for a certain thing. And we say, Lord, remove this burden off of me. And it doesn't go anywhere. We sometimes ought to pray, Lord, give me the grace to go through this, for I know you're on my side, and you're working good in me, and I don't know how this will come out, but I'm going to thank you, and I'm going to walk with you, because you know my beginning, you know my ending, and it's not Satan who has me in his control, but it's you, because Satan can do nothing except he asks you. And then we all rely on verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. To them who are the called according to his purpose. Not called, the called. The predestinated. 
Oh, God, help me to speak that one day. Predestinated unto the adoption. This is a different call than any other age. We're predestinated unto a certain place. So he says, now I'll skip a bunch of questions. Verse 34, who is he that condemneth? It's Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, that is even at the right hand of God, that makes intercession for us. Where is he? He's at the Father's right hand. He's not walking with us. Listen, those disciples, they must have thought, they had different situations come. There they were, oh, we're with the Lord and we're crossing the sea, and the devil saw them alone. And he set up the wind waving and rolling and, and, and they're crying. And then they saw a spirit coming, walking on the water. And they were all scared. But it was the only thing that could help them. And that was the Christ. And sometimes we're in a storm. And, and we, we're, we're feeling good. But we're in the middle of a storm. Sometimes he's in the boat asleep with us. And he's in the boat. And all you got to remember is, and, 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 and you know, here they wake him up and said, Master, don't you care that we're going to perish? Listen, he's in your boat. You're not going to perish as long as he's in your boat. Oh, if we can recognize that. He's with us. So now these disciples, he's no longer there. They can't touch him. They feel him. Now, bear with me as I just go down this train of thought for just a few moments. But here... If I can just say, like we talked earlier, Moses in Deuteronomy, as he's leaving, he says these words, that there'll be a prophet that will raise, like unto me, and whosoever will not hear this prophet, him will I cut off. Now that's, that's words of Moses. I like to follow the Bible through in types. Jesus is telling his disciples, he would tell them different words. Now, don't tell the vision to no man. And, 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 he, and he would, and yet... After he was gone, they did it. And then other things that he said that they didn't comprehend. But after he arose, then they remembered his words. Even Jesus, when the mother of, of Zebedee came to him and, and she said, Grant that my two sons can sit on, on your throne, one on the left. And he says, Listen, I'm in this earthly office. That's not mine to give. And actually he refers it to an age to come, the seventh age, Brother Brandon picks it up, I believe the message is who can I overcome, that promise is given to the overcomer in this age. Oh, I love it, God has a program that goes beyond what we see, if we can recognize the continuity of it. So now, here is Brother Branham, even as a prophet, and not just a prophet, but the son of man. And he would say, there are things that are not yet in season. And he's saying, and, and he would also say, the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. So he says, wait for it to come in season. Don't try to get ahead of God. God will be there right on time. Rest in that. Trust in that. Now here's Jesus, the prophet of the prophets, fulfillment of the Old Testament. The, as Brother Branham would call him, the Old Testament masterpiece. God in flesh, the Son of Man ministry. Disciples around him, he's preparing to enter into the role of a comforter, a governor, a counselor. He's going to be an advocate. He's going to be all of these things for them. Now, and he's, he's there. Now, remember, he died. He goes and dies the death. And he dies for those whose names are on the book of life. But it would also be those that could identify with the word in their age. So, in other words... They were there, but they were also endued with something within themselves. 
Now, I want you to just to consider this as I just move into this part. There is something God placed in you that if Luther came and was preaching in front of you, you might identify with parts of it, but it wouldn't be everything to you. Why? Because God put something in you. Oh, how thankful. That seed germ, as Brother Brandon would refer to it in the latter messages, that seed, the germ, that found you. And, and, and so it was always there. Now, you, you could only uh, believe as the word to the age that you were identified with. Now, here is Jesus, here's the disciples. Now, they could believe that this was the prophet of prophets. They could believe that this was, was Jesus. And, 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 and even after he dies and he resurrects, now, he appears to them. 30, 40 days, number of times. What are they doing? It's giving them faith that he's alive. But now I want you to look at this because there's a transition that's taking place. And I'm not going to come full circle on this today. I'm going to come around another time. But here he's leaving son of man ministry. And if you actually follow the scripture through, the priest in the Old Testament, he had to enter into the holy place once for himself which Jesus did. He ascended. He came back down. He says, no, actually, he, has, he, he died. And he says, touch me not. And then after he ascended, he comes back, Thomas, touch me. Why? He ascended. Now he's going to ascend a second time on behalf of the people. Now he's, who is he doing that for? That he might be a governor in a greater way. And he's going to be a governor now there, there's, this, there's this gap of time. I'm, I'm just going to drop a few things in here, and I'm going to come back to something. But I want you just to look at this. They saw him in flesh form, but they also saw him as he was transitioning into a glorified form. Because even those that went on the road to Emmaus, he came in another form. They didn't recognize him. But what did they recognize him by? By the word. By something greater that they didn't even identify with their own eyes. And it was something burning in their hearts. And then at the end, he made as though he was going to go on. But then they compelled him. So here we go back to what God placed in you. There's a bedding ground. The word has to meet the word. You have to bring them in. You have to call them on the scene. Don't just come here and, and, and view this as, well, I, I, I'm going to hear instruction and I'm going to go out from here. No, you're a participator. You're a part of this. He's, he's ministering to you. Now, you just, just take that that way, you know. Here he, he made his own, and then he revealed himself how? By breaking bread, by doing something he had done before. And then they recognized him. And it says, they didn't just recognize him, they recognized their place. Oh, I love that. Now, so he says to them, he gives them a promise, Acts chapter 1, verses 4 to 8. Just put that up real quick, if you would, Brother Jonathan. Being assembled together... He commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard of me. And John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. And when they were come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? Now, look, look at, they're still thinking natural terms. Okay, now, this governor was going to be a governor to Israel, but he was also going to have a greater governorship. Now he says, it's not for you to know the times and the seasons which the Father put in his power, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. 
Now, I love the way Jesus operates because he already had called 12 with him. And before the, if I could ever just say, before the atonement was fully made, he already, showing he was the Lord of the Sabbath, the, the God of the prophets, the Son of Man that was revealed. He was everything. He says, I give you power. So he gave them power ahead of time, and they went out. Now, what is it? He's transitioning them. He's establishing them. He's preparing them for something. Do you see that? God's also preparing us for something. Now, he would do that. He says, you shall receive power that the Holy Ghost has come on you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem. Oh, that's, that's our hometown. Yeah, we'll be there. And in all Judea, exactly. Samaria? Yeah, yeah, you did go there. That's right. And the uttermost parts of the earth. Wow. Little did they realize that would even mean the cold Canadian north. The uttermost parts of the earth. Be going amongst Gentiles. Amongst people that didn't have our traditions. This is going to be a tough transition. But, and I'm not going to get into all this today. So now he disappears. They, they start to go. Uh, they return to Jerusalem. They go into an upper room. They started to continue with prayer. And in one accord, you can read this in verses 5 to 11. And it's in that moment, this transition time. You know, there's still the natural, but the spiritual's coming into play. So Peter stands up. Hey, Judas is gone. We need to vote somebody else in. Ah, sounds like a good thought. It didn't amount to nothing. Matthias mentioned in the scripture. Wonderful. But not much more after that. And I'm not, he may have been a good man, but it was God that does the placing. It was God that brings people into their position. It's God that orders these things. It's God that establishes ministries and people. God may be establishing some young person here. Maybe you're going to be a, a young person, be a, a future minister's wife. Maybe you're going to be something else. But God's doing that. He's doing that work. He's establishing those things. He's bringing it to pass. Now, just, just follow the thought through. Now, here's the promise. The promise was you're going to be baptized with the Holy Ghost. You're going to have an indwelling comforter. You're going to be witnesses around the world. And even there was a, a, a caveat. He says, and in the future, I'll restore the kingdom. But you don't know that yet. So in Acts chapter 2, verse 1 to 4, I'm, I'm this far, I may as well continue. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they came in one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound. Now, this was 10 days. I feel sometimes we do an injustice to the process of God. We all like to point to the day of Pentecost, but we don't speak about the 10 days beforehand. We don't speak about all the years of, all the time of preparation. And then we like to say, well, it all happened and this was the result. But remember, this was a promise for a particular season. And, and, and they didn't even know how the promise would work out. They had no idea. All they knew is God said, you're going to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm going to come in you. I'm going to dwell in you. I'm going to do these things. So it says, now when that day was fully come, then there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind had filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. So that pillar of fire that fall, now it began to distribute itself. Oh, I love that. He's moving into his body. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. So step one, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. 
Now the manifestation, like we often like to bring the manifestation as a must, but we need to read the Scripture a little bit. And the Scripture says, And they begin to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So they were in full control of the Holy Ghost. Friends, we got to come back to that same place before God will ever do it. We've got to be fully yielded. We've got to be fully surrendered. We've got to be this. Don't be looking to manifest anything. Look to surrender to God. Let God work out what He wants to work out. Questions and answers, 1964. Brother Branham, and you can, I don't have the quote with me, and I'll share it some other time if you want. Brother Branham, will a person that is filled with the Holy Ghost have signs following, or will it be at some time as appointed by the Holy Spirit? And Brother Branham said, oh, that's a good question. And you take him, and you follow that through 1964, August 30th morning service. You can find that in questions and answers. But he walks right through that whole thing. You know what? We are under the sovereignty of God. They were there in the beginning. That's what our focus needs to be on. Don't, don't worry about manifesting things. They'll, God will take care of that. Just focus on God. So now he says, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, the, the amazing thing about this is that these were all, you can read this in verses 5 through 11, but it says, it was noised abroad, and all kinds of people came around and said, these are all Galatians. How do we hear them speaking in our own tongue? Now he says, I, where we were born, and there was, in verse 9, Parthians and Medes and Elamites and, and dwellers in Mesopotamia and all these different places. And they says, we do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. So it was not so much the speaking or changing of a language as it was the hearing. And what was God doing? He was doing the same thing as he did to his disciples in the flesh form when he appeared in another form and he appeared in another form to them. And what was he doing? He was giving them faith that I am alive. I was dead, but I'm alive. But now God's fulfilling the scripture, not just to Jews, but he's fulfilling it to a lot of other people. And they have to take notice. This isn't ordered of man. Only God can do this. How can I hear? This is God. This is surely God doing this. If we could recognize, I don't have time to go into this today, but even the parable of the centurion. The centurion was a Gentile man, and he recognized that Jesus had authority. He did not have Jewish traditions. He did not have Jewish uh, things. He did not have all of these things. He didn't know about the laying on of hands and all of That's really a Jewish tradition. I'm not saying we shouldn't do it, because the Bible says we should. Mark chapter 16, lay your hands, the sick will recover. But I'm just saying, look at how God is now transcending his governorship from beyond the Jewish traditions, and he's moving it over unto the Gentiles. Here is a, a Jewish centurion, I believe they're going to actually have this in the Chosen series this next season. But he, he says he's moving, and he says, I recognize you're a man of authority. My son is sick. He says, I'll come and I'll lay hands. No, he says, you're a man of authority. I'm a man under authority. You just speak the word and it will be that way. And Jesus was astonished. Jesus marveled. He said, I've not found so great a faith in all of Israel. What was it? God is transcending. His governorship. Listen, it's not limited to Brother Branham. It's not limited to the minister that's up here. It's not limited to the gift that comes. It is part of you. It is in you right now. And you can just speak the word. God, God can lay it on your heart and you just stand up and speak it. 
How many remember Sister Becky Hildebrand? A Wednesday service just like this. She had been diagnosed with breast cancer, some lumps. And she's in the song service. And in the song service, just singing a few songs, just a Wednesday, nothing special. And all of a sudden, just an anointing comes on her. Stand up. And she stood up. And she said a surge came over her. She sat back down. And it's like something said, just check over there. And those lumps were gone. Friends, all things are possible to them that believe. Don't limit God. Listen, in the Word is everything. What's he doing? He's extending his kingdom. There's greater happening all the time. Now, I, I, I need to just move on. Oh, my goodness. I'm, okay, just, just bear with me. I'll get through this here yet. If we take the book of Acts after this, and I'm going to come circle back on this. Brother Brandon makes this statement in, in, in the message the church age book. And he would say, now when the Holy Ghost came into the church in the book of Acts, and he said, he said, there was a full freedom of spirit in the laity. And he says, nowadays it is just a few inspired preaching while the flock sits there and tries to absorb it. You know what I come for every service? is not to expound what I know. But I pray the Holy Spirit would activate what he wants in you. Because I do want to go higher as a church. And he said, now, this is a far cry from Paul who said when they all come together, all had the leading of the Spirit. All participated in spiritual worship. Oh, wouldn't you like to do that? You may not have noticed, but we put up a little plaque coming into the church now. And it's called reverence. And if you have a chance, read it. It's a quote of Brother Branham's. But I want us to come in here and believe all things are possible. Don't just make this a casual coming in. Thank you, Brother Tim Nunweiler, who put that together for us. I, just, I saw it in Africa in a church, and I said, I need that. We need that in our church. And don't let it just be a plaque. Let it be embodied in a life that we bring into this building. Now, so here, here it is. Now, all had the leading. How, how did that manifest? Acts chapter 8. Philip, in a revival, God leads him, and he meets an Ethiopian eunuch. In, 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 in Acts chapter 10, Cornelius, a centurion, just praying. All of a sudden, he sees a vision, and, and he says, Peter's going to come, or this is going to happen in your house. What was it? God working through his body. And then it was in Acts chapter 9, and it was Ananias who had a vision about a man named Saul. And he's going, oh, no, Lord, I don't want to see this guy. And he says, don't worry, he's a chosen vessel. I've sent him to you. Now, now look at the, the period of transition. Now, they are working. They're having to work through it. And so are we having to work through the end of the Son of God dispensation, moving into Son of Man, and the Son of Man, which was represented by Brother Branham in part. But it also read, um, proving his word, it says, and then it's, it, it unites a bride to marriage, and it manifests the Son of Man again. It's, it, don't limit God. 
If I can provoke you to one thing is there is more than I realize, you realize, and it's in God's word. And say, Lord, if this, don't, don't let me try and make more of something. But if this is the season, don't hold anything back from me. I want everything you've got for us. Now, so here's this transition. Now, Jesus has ascended. He's now the high priest. Here, here is He's come down in his people. There's a voice of God on earth. And I'll come to some of this in a few services. But now just look at this son of man to son of God transition. And, and here's what Brother Bannon would say. Because, and I just mentioned Paul. So there was a period of time there was no writings. And here's Jesus. He's up on the throne. Here's the, the, the people there. There's John still on the Isle of Patmos. There's things. But now... There's a reality unfolding that none of us see. And Jesus is now leaning over and saying, I need a messenger to this age. And he picks up a star. And he says, I've got to release this star down to the earth. Now, this was a a little breach, a little period of time. Nobody saw what was going on. But God was establishing Saul, who became Paul, and, and look at the things that, that became Paul, the troubles he went through. It was right there on the road to Damascus. You'll suffer many things for my name, but you'll bring me to the Gentiles. And, and now he's in a Roman prison, and it looked like such a setback. But here he was starting to pen the scriptures. Oh, what was doing God doing? He was establishing his kingdom I'm going to be a governor over a people, not just in this age, but in the ages to come. And even in the last age, they're going to come back, and they're going to look at what Paul said about women and marriage and divorce, and they're going to take what he said about, to the Corinthians about a theophany. He's going to take what he said to the Ephesians about sonship, and all of these things where God establishing his kingdom. Listen to what Brother Adam says. This is familiar to you. There's only... One messenger to every age. He speaks for God by revelation to the church's true and false. The message is broadcast to all. But it's only received by a certain qualified group in a certain way. Each individual in that group has the ability to hear what God is saying by way of the messenger. You're not getting your own private revelation. But you're able to hear what God said to the messenger. Oh, if we can erect. There's a receiving set that God has given us. If you are the true seed, the Spirit will baptize you into the body of Jesus Christ. There's more than I can read here. Let me take this little part and give you maybe an example as we just wind down here. If you want, and I won't have time to go to it, but Hebrews chapter 8, verses 8 to 12 Jesus tells him, I will make a new covenant. And the covenant, and you shall not speak every one to his brother, but it will be a greater covenant than the law, than what you can see, than what you can do. It'll be God dealing with you. Listen to this. Brother Andrew, can you come up here? Just for a moment. He says, now, if the spirit, the teacher, was an inside teacher, not an outside teacher, If the Spirit wasn't in you, you wouldn't hear the truth and receive it by revelation if you heard it every moment of the day. Oh, just press play and it'll be okay. No, 
you need something inside. Now, look at technology. Technology has gone from 3G, like used to have analog phones. You used to have televisions with rabbit ears. Well, had them way back in the day and you had to wrap tinfoil onto them. And, but now you've got wireless. I'm saying where God is working now in every service is beyond what we ever expected. The Word is a discerner of the thoughts and intents. I'm going to have Brother Andrew come up here and preach. Brother Landon, is it okay if I just come and sit behind you for a sec? I'm going to come and sit behind you. So, brother, come up here, brother. I'll just use this as an example. I'm going to, I'm going to tell Brother Andrew to speak. I'll, I'll tell him, you just preach like you're, like you're preaching. And preach number one, preach number two, okay? Just do that for a moment. And I'm just going to sit. This is a young man in the congregation. Now, the word is a discerner. Amen. Okay, so I want you to get past this thought of, of a teacher just up there, but look at what's inside you back here. Now, Brother Landon's a good boy. He came over to my house the other day. He helped his dad. They helped fix some plumbing issues in our house. But here's Brother Landon. So now, what's going to happen is he's, he's sitting right now, and he's thinking, oh, my dad's up there. I better listen. <laughs> I'll be his conscience just for a few minutes. It's my dad. Okay, I, I better, because he's watching me, and he'll, he, I'll hear about it on the way home. Well, it's, it's bigger than that if he can. So I'm going to say, now, first of all, now, preach, preach note number one, and I'll be his conscience speaking. He won't say it, okay? Because the Word of God says, children, obey your parents. I do. I, I obey my dad because he's my father. My mom, not so much, but my dad, a little bit. Yes. Because so you need to learn that one day you're going to be a man. Oh, that's great. I, I'm going to have a beard just like my dad. Hey, better yet, it's going to be like Marshall's. <laughs> okay, next. Amen. Because you need to be more than a man in the flesh. I say, repent. Repent, everyone. You be baptized and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And now, years ago, he would have said, yeah, one day I'm going to do it. Most of the kids do it when they're like 12 or 15 I'll wait till then. Okay, go ahead. But you ought to get there. You need to get there. You need to read your Bible and pray every day. Oh, am I ever glad my parents do that? I don't know if I could do that. So, so this is land and growing. It's the same word, but now there's something growing in him. So start back at number one again. Children, obey your parents. It's good in the sight of the Lord. This is the first commandment. With promise. Oh, he spoke to me. He didn't even say it. But how did he know I snuck into the fridge and got some food at night? He didn't know it, but the Holy Ghost knew it. Right? Now, I don't know if you did that, but if you did, don't do it. Don't, don't do it. <laughs> okay, next. Because you need to learn that one day you'll be a man. That that... That food that just came so easy, one day you'll have to pay for all that. I need to apply myself more. I love my dad, and I listen to him because he's my dad, but I feel like God's speaking to me now. So you need to repent for those things. Repent for your wrongdoings. You knew you were wrong when you did that. Just repent. Give it to the Lord. Re repent and be baptized. And the Bible says you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Oh, man. I'm not even 12 yet, but I feel like I need to do this now. 
I feel like this is God speaking to me. I can't look at the other kids. I've got to do what God's telling me. This is what's happening. This is how God works in a service. Go ahead, Brother Andrew. You need to learn what it is to listen to that still small voice for yourself. God wants to speak to you. Read your Bible. Pray every day. Oh, man. I, I'm glad my parents do it, but I just feel like I need to do it. I've got my own room. I'm going to put the Bible at my bedchamber and just read it a little bit myself. God dealing. That's how God deals. Do it one more time, Brother Andrew. This will be, we've gone through 3G and 4G. We're going into 5G. Amen. <laughs> I think of it that day as Moses stood up on the mountain in Mount Sinai. God spoke out and the, 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 the tongue of fire came out and wrote the Ten Commandments. And as he spoke it out, children, obey your parents. I'm 100% behind dad. Because when i behind dad and mom, God is behind me. I'm not just doing it because of mom or dad, but God is doing it. Because God wasn't mindful even in that time as they were there in the wilderness. It wasn't just about the men that were fighting the battles. He knew they were children raising up a generation that was coming to maturity that would have to become men and women. I need to become a man. The other day, my dad gave me the car keys and told me to start the car. I really felt like putting it in gear, but I'm not in time yet. I, I've got to govern myself accordingly. Because there had to come a time that generation would come to before God, repent of their sins, repent of the things that they'd done wrong. And they knew that we have a promise today that if we would repent and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of our sins, we shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I've been baptized, but I, I feel like I need the Holy Ghost. God promised it. It's part of the same promise that I went into the tank with. Lord, help me. I need the Holy Ghost. Hey, man, you've been baptized. You might have come that direction. You might have come through those waters. But now stay there with that faith. Trust God. Believe his word. Read it every day. Pray and ask God to make it a revelation in your heart. I've got the Bible by my bedchamber. But I've got these games I could play too. Maybe I'll have a cell phone one day. Oh, wow. Oh, no, I better stick with the Bible first. I can't let that cell phone thought, I can't let these games get in my way. I've got to follow God. Is that how the Holy Spirit deals with us? He deals with our children? Now, I'm not going to go to the young men or to the sisters or to all of you. God bless Brother Landon. Okay? Don't, some things you do that I said there, other things don't, 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 don't do. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Ren. Thank you. God bless you. <laughs> what do we have? We have an inside teacher. He comes to your heart. He deals with us. What is he? He's a governor. He's preparing us to rule on the throne. Let's have the musicians come. We'll stop the service there. Brother Andrew used a lot of liberty. He went beyond my notes. You'll make a good interpreter one day, Brother Andrew. <laughs> How many love the Lord tonight? Amen. Amen. Let's stand together. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. He that is in me. Greater is he that is in me. 
he that is in me than he that is in the world. Satan's like a roaring lion roaming to and fro, seeking whom he may devour. The Bible tells us so. Many souls have been his prey to fall in some weak hour. But God has promised us today his overcoming power. Greater is he that is in me. Greater is he that is in me. Greater is he that is in me. you got to do, you got to watch that thing that's in you. You've got to guard against the thoughts that come in, against the things that penetrate. Just watch your thought life. Watch the things. Start to center on good things. Why? Let the governor take control. Let him reign and rule. Let him take the full ownership. Brother Brandon would speak the message, door within a door's. Sometimes we opened one door, but we didn't open all the doors. How many wants to open their heart to Him? Lord, my heart is open. My heart is open. Lord, my heart is open. Oh, won't you come inside? Come inside. 